Hi, my turtle doves. How are you? How are you? How are you? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, you beautiful, beautiful souls. Today is July 27th, and I just wanted to come and give you a little bit of information, a little nugget that, you know, so to speak, a little nugget that God gave me yesterday carrying on to this morning. So Family Meeting Ministries by Pastor Yvette Hall. Every Saturday, there's a call at 8 a.m. And, um, you know, we go on, we sing, we fellowship, we worship, and things like that. And so yesterday, she came from the text of John chapter 1 through... I'm going to just, for the sake of giving you the, the length of the chapter, verses 1 through 44. Um, she talks about how Lazarus was dead Lazarus was like dead stinking decomposing for four days and it does not have to be like a she, she said that it doesn't necessarily have to be a natural death it can be things like cigarettes fornication smoking anything that will separate you from the love of God and um, Jesus basically went into the tomb of this Lazarus that was dead and stinking and decomposing for two days like he actually she talked about how you go through these things and Jesus actually waited two days before he decided to travel back to save Lazarus and um she talked about how the two days Jesus waited, in those two days of waiting, it was not to make you suffer, but it was for God to get the glory. That later on when he came to you and he told you to get up, that you got up and everything that was bounding you and holding you down, so to speak, because we're not talking about the natural death, we're talking about the spiritual death right now. Um, everything that was holding you back, that after the two days, he told you to rise up and you got up and you was free from the things that was holding you in bondage. So when she gave that message, um, I, I, I'm just going to plain out flat and say that she was speaking to me when she was talking about the depression and how that thing is knocking at your door and you cannot entertain it because you remember how hard it was to get you out the first time and to go back in it with everything that you've learned and everything that you know now, everything that you, you've experienced, to go back into depression now would kind of probably be lethal for you and it's going to be even harder to tell you're away from something that you're used to. So I'm just going to say that she was speaking to me because in spite of everything that I know and everything that God has taught me, everything that I've been through, every lesson that I've learned, I still have um, days where I'm just like, I just cannot do this. I don't want to do this. I deserve to be depressed, which is what I told my therapist the other day. And my therapist said, what? I said, I deserve to be depressed. He said, you deserve to be what? <laughs> he couldn't understand like what I was telling him. Like, I can't believe you just said that. Do you really believe that you deserve to be depressed? Who deserves to be depressed? And so I, I, I said all of that to, to say I want to just go briefly over the the story of Lazarus and she she went from to, to it, you know, from the Lazarus aspect to the dead Lazarus who was told to rise up and was free. And I totally, like, I love that. And, like, she spoke every word to me. But then God told me to go back to it this morning because he had something else that he wanted to show me. And, actually, my little 11-year-old friend made her appearance. And she was actually reading it to me as I was, um, I first started reading it myself. 
And then she came out and she started reading it to me. But as she was reading it to me, she came at a part where it seems as though God was talking to me himself. So as she was reading, I couldn't help but shed a tear just because the fact that God heard me and he wanted me to see it from a different aspect, somewhere where he can connect with me. And I'm choked up as usual because when I think about the goodness of God and I think about the love of God, when you feel like you you are not seen or even if you don't feel like you're not seen you don't want to be seen you just want to hide away from the world like my turtle in the in my turtle shell and I don't want nobody to see me and I don't want them to see the pain that I'm experiencing and what I'm going through and I just try to stay away from the world and I try not to say I try to smile all the time still pray for people still encourage and not acknowledge the fact that I'm hurting inside and depression is knocking at my door and I'm about to answer it right so as she was reading to me, God was revealing to me what he wanted me to see. And, it, it, you know, Pastor, she, she did, she set the fire. She lit the fire. And I, I, praise, I praise God for her being obedient. You know, because, you know, sometimes your obedience is bad. You know, they say obedience is better than sacrifice. But you never know how many people your obedience can save. So, um, I actually wrote down some things and... I just wanted to share it. So first, um, John 11, chapter 1 through 44, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. So in this text, Jesus decided to wait two days before going to see about Lazarus, who was already dead. When he got there, Lazarus had been dead for four days. When Jesus said that he would head back because Lazarus was dead, the people said, Jesus, those are the same people that just tried to stone you to death. Are you sure you really want to go back? And Jesus simply, he told them, I walk by light, so surely I will not stumble. So they went ahead and they made their journey back to where Lazarus was. And if Jesus had listened to them, they would have talked him out of the glory moment for God. He could have cowered away and allowed fear to creep in and stop him from walking in faith. When Jesus arrived, Martha told him, my brother is dead. If you were here, he wouldn't have died. You are too late. Again, more opposition. Only this time, Jesus was face to face with the natural fleshly truth that Lazarus was dead. And the morning sisters and, and the people in the town that was living and breathing proof that, you know, Jesus, Lazarus dead. You, you too late. And the word, you know, the, 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 the Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight. So instead of allowing the natural to stop him, Jesus simply responded in the ultimate faith that I am the resurrection. He said, I am the life. The one who believes in me will live. And those who, um, and, and even though they die and whoever, no, he, he said that those who believe in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asked Martha, he said, do you believe me? And she said, yes. And they kept on going about their business. Jesus got to a point where he saw Mary and Martha and everybody mourning. And his spirit was moved to grief. Like Jesus was grieved. And Jesus started to mourn. And that just shows you that Jesus was, they, they said that they he, he wrapped our savior in flesh. So everything that we felt, 
that we feel as far as like depression and anger and sadness and all of those things i believe that jesus felt those and this is like a prime example of jesus mourning his flesh was mourning for the fact that lazarus his friend was dead but his spirit already knew like he like i always tell you that your spirit always know what's up even though your flesh is like depressed you know those times where you're like you wake up in the morning, maybe let's say you got a job interview, and you're like, man, I'm scared, and I'm not going to get the job, but it's something inside of you saying, girl, put your clothes on, get dressed, let's go, and when you get there, you knock it out of the park, and you get the job, that's your flesh, your, your flesh is scared, but your spirit, your spirit know what's up, and um, the Bible actually says that his spirit was moved to grief, and it was stirred, so when he got to the tomb of Lazarus, Lazarus' body was decomposed. Like I'm talking decomposed, skin falling off, stinking, rotten, and Jesus wept. Jesus Jesus wept is one of the shortest verses in the Bible. And I always talked about how Jesus wept as a form of knowing that Jesus cried and Jesus felt emotion and Jesus did sometimes get depressed. But once I finally went back and read everything for myself, like I know the story of Lazarus because of what they told me, but to go back and actually read it, you know that Jesus wept over his friend. Jesus mourned. Jesus was mourning over his friend. He, oh, my friend died. And he felt that in his spirit. So he cried about it. And then, um, but it was his faith and the Holy Spirit that dwelt within him that made him make the declaration that Lazarus will rise again. The Bible tells us that it is impossible for us to please God without faith and belief. Jesus said to God, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me and listen to me, but I told Mary and Martha and all of those people the things that I told them so that they may hear it and get an understanding so that they too can believe. So Jesus cried. They assumed that he was crying because he was mourning. Well, Jesus was mourning. So Jesus cried and they're looking at Jesus crying. They was like, but he just said Lazarus will walk again and this man crying. What he crying for if he's going to make him get up? So he said out loud what he said so that they can have a belief in what he said. But it was also so that what he already knew in his spirit, he can manifest it by the words that he said. So that what they see on the they, they were seeing him crying and mourning. So he didn't want them to see the crying and mourning as an opportunity to be in disbelief. He wanted them to see and hear what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Don't see the reaction that my flesh is having. I believe that that's what it was. Don't look at me crying and mourning over Lazarus. Hear what I said that Lazarus is about to get up. So, and he told God in advance, God, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you heard me, but I said the thing that I said out loud so that Mary and Martha and all of the people that were under the sound of my voice can hear because when you speak sound into the atmosphere, that's when things begin to move. So he had to speak it out loud that Lazarus is about to get up. And if you believe, it is so. So, um, he thanked God for hearing the declaration and the decree that he made about Lazarus rising before it was even made. He thanked him before he said it out loud. Before he said out his mouth, um, he thanked God. And he, you know, thank you, God, for hearing me. And then the thing happened. I just said that they say whenever God moves, there is a sound that always comes forward first. 
So Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth in a stern stern and authoritative voice. And the decomposing, four-day-old, stinking corpse of Lazarus rose and it lived. Stench-free, skin-mended, cheeks fresh from newly flowing blood, Lazarus lived and God got the glory. God got the glory that this thing that we saw like we with our natural eyes we saw this man in this tomb that we rolled the rock over we know that he was in there dead for an entire four days four whole entire days Lazarus was laying in there decomposing and if he would have kept going a little bit longer the worms probably would have got him but I saw Jesus walk in that tomb and I heard him speak a sound I heard him speak a sound from his mouth and this dead decomposing body got up and it got up as good as new it got up mending talking speaking probably asking for something to eat because i've never been dead before god um knock on wood there's no wood around me but i'm pretty sure he was probably hungry because four days without that was the longest fast ever with <laughs> longest fast that lazarus was fasting in the grave not eating not drinking or nothing so i'm pretty sure he got up hungry Lazarus lived and God got the glory when I tell you. So had Jesus listened to the fear of being stoned from the people, from, from his apostles, had he listened to the negativity and blame of being too late from Mary, Martha, and the other people, God, you too, Jesus, you're too late. You waited a whole entire four days to come back and save him when you could have stopped him from dying in the first place. Had he listened or even, you know, had he listened or paid attention to the visible reality of the adverse things that people were saying, and the visible reality I'm talking about is when he got there and they rolled that stone out and he saw that the cope, the, he saw the de decomposing body of Lazarus and it made him, he started, <laughs> Jesus started crying. His flesh got, his flesh was mournful. He started crying. So had he listened to his flesh, even his flesh, had he even listened to the thing that he saw. And when I say listen to what he saw, you know what I mean? That we walk by faith, not by sight. So if he would have paid attention to what he saw in the natural, his spirit, um, he would have never moved forward. He would have never gotten to the point where he would speak to Lazarus and make him whole again. He would have never even made it to the town to say, Lazarus, come forth. Our flesh really wants us to succumb to the woes of life. Our flesh wants us to become weary and well-doing. Our flesh wants us to be so depressed that we just let the Lazarus inside of us die. But we were given a spirit and a soul. And God's word said that we walk by, that, that if you walk by flesh, that's when you die. But if you walk by spirit, it is to have, ever, it is to have everlasting life. So my turtle dove, with all that being said, um, with all that being said, everything that I said just now, if you don't take anything from it, it is that there is going to be opposition. We know that there's always going to be a naysayer. There's always going to be a situation that looks dead, so dead that you don't even want to speak to it to tell it to come back to life because you say it's been dead and decomposing for all this time. I've been smoking and drinking and doing this and doing that for 14 or 15 years and I'm never going to be set free. You look at that situation and it looks so dead to you that you don't want to put your words on it. You don't want to use the thing that you learned. You don't want to use the things that God has taught you to bring that thing back to life. Things are 
going to happen and you're going to get hit so hard sometimes that you feel like you can barely breathe. You're going to feel like you can barely breathe, but it is your flesh that wants you to succumb to the, 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 to, to the injuries, to the wounds of life. But the spirit and the soul that God placed inside of you is the thing that's connected to the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Holy Spirit living inside of me. That even when I want to lay down and I want to open the door and say, depression, come on in here. I miss you. Even though I want to give up that I do not. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I would not have the Holy Spirit. And I don't know where I would be. So I said all that to say that though you want to succumb to the injuries, God said that you will, shall, and can live again. Use your words. Speak them out loud. Speak the words that I shall walk by faith, not by sight. God, you said for me to cast all my cares and anxieties on you and you'll give me rest. God, you are the defender. You are my protector, my stronghold. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? You speak those things over your life. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. All of those things that you learned when you walked, that you learned when you walked, you call it back to remembrance. God said, call me into remembrance of my word. That means that you are to speak and confess the words out of your mouth, even though the situation looks dead, even though the marriage looks like it's over, even though the child looks like they'll never listen because the Bible said that train a child in the way that they should go and when they're old, they should not depart from it and God's word shall not, never ever return to him void. Even when a person dies and goes down to hell, God's word is still working. God's word is still working. It's just a little bit too late for that person, but I don't want it to be too late for you. So my challenge to you, as always, my turtle dove, my challenge to you is to be like Jesus. When Jesus heard all of the naysayers, even when he saw the dead situation, even when he saw everything, Jesus saw it, he heard it. He felt it. He smelt it. Because I know he smelt that um, decomposing body. So all five senses that we have. Hear, taste, smell, touch, and what? what is it? Hear, taste, smell, touch, and see. All of the five senses that Jesus had was working in this situation to the point where I see it, I smell it, I taste it, I feel it, and I know that this situation is dead. But my faith. My faith is bigger than what I see. I want your faith to be bigger than what you see, my turtle dove. I want. I challenge you to let your faith be bigger than your five senses. Let your faith be bigger than your five senses. Let your faith be bigger than your five senses. You can taste it, feel it, touch it, smell it, see it, and you know that it's a dead situation, but your faith says to you that this thing can live. So speak to that dead thing and say, Lazarus, come forth. Slap all that depression and all of that anger and all that negativity out the way and call Lazarus out of the grave. It's time to call Lazarus out of the grave. And that's where my pastor said, it's time to get up, Lazarus. 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 Every dead thing in your life, it's time to get up, Lazarus. So I love you, my turtle doves. I love you. I love you. I love you with every 
piece of love that God put down inside of me. I know that I don't have that many listeners and I know that it takes time and I'm not trying to be a millionaire and reach the world. I just want someone to hear it and I want someone to learn from what I've learned. Don't touch the stove trying to see if it's hot. If I told you that it's hot already. I hope you enjoy your Sunday. Have an amazing, amazing Sunday. I love you. And I hope you have a great week. I hope that this week is a week for miracles. There's a song by group therapy that says this week will be a week for miracles. I cannot explain it. This does not make sense. But I choose to go against it. So I'm speaking something different. I'm speaking something different. This week will be a week for miracles. So I hope you have an amazing week. I love you. I love you. I love you. Bye, my turtle doves.